0: Welcome to a special finals edition of the second stringers podcast where we're basically centering in on one series a series that is warriors versus cavaliers a series that frankly a lot of people thought would be over pretty quick um, and would be uneventful but you should never doubt a basketball game when you have two of the best players on the planet playing against one another and a player who's not that far less than these two players on the other side as well um, and especially when you got one of the best players of all time, arguably on one of the sides, and that's LeBron James and this warrior and Cavaliers series is 3-0 on the Warriors side. Not surprising, but the way these games have gone down have both have been heartbreaking and in, in different ways. Um, and to me, they've been some of the fun, the funner games of the whole season. And th- that's what the NBA finals are supposed to be. So, to that point, I don't think they've been as big as a, a disappointment as we all thought. Disappointing just in that some of the games you could make the argument were stolen from the Cavaliers. But we'll dive into that and more. But first, we got some quick thoughts around the league to get into. Or Sean, share your reactions to the NBA Finals. Um, uh, we'll get to it, seen. Alan.
1: We'll get to it.
0: <laughs> I'm upset. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'm very upset. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that, but let's get through the quick thoughts that we have here. Um, starting with the draft combine and some of the draft workouts that have been going on. Alonzo uh, Ball's brother got worked out uh, not that long ago. I don't know how he managed <laughs> to get that going. More like he got worked. <laughs> right. Um, the Lakers. Some insiders on the Lakers look describing him as looking out of shape. Um, and then he even managed to get another workout <laughs> with the Warriors. But he's not the big news. The big news is is DeAndre Ayton, uh, who worked out with the Phoenix Suns, the potential number one pick here. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, he works out for the
1: Suns uh, just yesterday and says he will not work out for anyone else. Literal quote from him says, are you going to work out for anyone else? And he says, no one else. I know I'm going number one. And that wow. is big talk from a big man. <laughs> and honestly – I am inclined to believe him. I feel like he has the Arizona connection, obviously. Yep. Um, it's right there in his backyard. And there's a, he I don't think the Suns could be disappointed by picking him at this point. So I don't see any reason that this isn't a match made in heaven. I say I say this is as sure a sign as any that um, we're already we already have um, the Sacramento Kings on the clock at number two.
0: Yeah. Interesting. It's crazy that you can be the number one pick and be so adamant about wanting to be that number one pick versus trying to maybe wiggle your way into going to a different team or a different place that would be more appealing Like, than a, like a better team? <laughs> yeah, or a better franchise or just a better geolocation than, um, no no disrespect to Phoenix, Arizona or <laughs> Sacramento, but I mean, I feel like Atlanta might be a little bit better than those two. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you, you got, got Hurricane City <laughs> versus hot
1: weather versus like slight chance of earthquakes in Sacramento. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're, everywhere has their natural disasters. Um True. but I mean he's from Phoenix, so like Phoenix is his hometown, you know. So that, that that's really where it gets him.
0: Mhm. I bet uh Doncic is probably encouraging Aiden to to make this push to go number 1 cuz maybe he doesn't want to go to you Phoenix. Think so? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. <laughs>
1: well, if he doesn't, what he goes to the Kings. Is that any better? That's you, true. Do, would you rather? Sac- no. Sacramento, man. I mean, it's a nice place, kind of, But like, there's there's better places, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they've they've got a good team. They've got a good young core. Um. Well, so does Phoenix. Just some of those. Yeah. These these two guys, they're not gonna be able to
1: like have a good choice of where they go. Like none of them mm-hmm. are going to fall to Philadelphia at number 10. Right. So you're just
0: going to have to be happy going to the, one of these bad cities. Yeah, and that's the way it goes in the NBA, but how about Glenn Baby Davis? This was a little bit surprising seeing this in the headlines. Former player Glenn Baby Davis arrested for felony assault and could <sighs> face up to 7 years in prison. That's a lot Man. for a, for a guy like this. That's yeah, surprising.
1: Yeah. What a fall from from Grace, from being an NBA player, and this, I me, mean, he wasn't even out. He's been out of the league for just like a few years now, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess this is from a case that stemmed back in April when he almost literally beat a guy to death outside of a bar or nightclub, I think it was. Um, that I saw from the report, and uh, yeah, he, he just like knocked the guy to the curb and like knocked out some of his teeth, and the guy had to have be on a respirator for a night. Um. Yeah. And then he files charges, obviously, and man, it does not look good for him. I, I saw another report also about this man that they found like a ton of drugs in his house and a, a suitcase filled with ninety two thousand dollars in it. And there's just a Glenn bunch of shady stuff. Yeah, for Glenn Davis. Wow. Yeah. So there's just a bunch of shady stuff going on with this man,
0: and it, yeah, the the outlook is not looking too hot when you pile understand. up all the evidence. It seems so bizarre to me for somebody like his status to be—I mean, frankly—compared relative to everybody else in the in America. He's successful. He's he got to play basketball professionally. Um, he played in an NBA final. He played for some really good franchises in some really awesome cities: Boston, LA. Um, he lived out his dream, and what else is there left for him to do than just to live a good life and enjoy the wealth he created? But instead. I don't understand why people get themselves in trouble like this. It seems bizarre. I I think it's a huge maturity thing.
1: I mean, you go straight from college. A lot of these guys only do a year in college, and then they're just kids when they get to the NBA. And Mm -hmm. then they live this sheltered lifestyle where they get everything handed to them, you know? And for a lot of guys, I'm sure they don't respond very well to that. After they retire, they don't really know what to do with themselves if they don't get a job somewhere in the sporting realm, you know? I mean, you have... I don't know, tons of analysts and different jobs within the sporting sector that some of these uh, retired players go into. And mm-hmm. if you don't do that, I, don't, I mean, the options are pretty limited. I mean, like Brett Favre, he, he can sponsor, like, jeans. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I
0: don't, I don't know if Big Baby Davis can, can do that, you know? Yeah. I could see him jumping in in a couple commercials or making a, an attempt at being a stand-up comic or something. The guy likes to talk. Yeah, something. <laughs> i don't know yeah,
1: but yeah it's just i think it just comes down to like he does he just he's still a kid you know he doesn't really know how to live in the real world and he's just in this really unfortunate situation and probably a lot of it has to just do with his attitude about
0: everything yeah and i think sometimes i mean you saw this with blake griffin um the emotions get high with against other people um and i think these Players forget their own strength uh, versus a normal person, an average right, Joe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You get you get pissed. You punch somebody. Your punch is might as well be lo- using an object to somebody's uh, body because you're strong right. as hell, man. <laughs> yeah. Like when Blake athlete. Griffin punched that when Blake Griffin punched that trainer yeah. last year, like that <laughs> was so bad. I mean, could you imagine taking a punch from somebody who's six foot? I don't know what Glenn Davis is. What is he like? Six foot seven, six foot he's eight. He's got to be think? like, yeah, like three hundred pounds. Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> uh, he's physically fit. Yeah, even up to this point, I would imagine. Yeah, I would. I would literally be dead, probably. <laughs> Ridiculous. What how about this? The Denver Nuggets, uh, kind of trying to redo their whole look. Um, it makes sense. This is a young team looking to make a transition next year. Hopefully, is the year they make, make it to the playoffs. So why not go to the playoffs with a brand new logo uh, attached to your jersey, alongside the Western Union logo they had on the on the right corner there on their jerseys this year.
1: Yeah, when I'm looking at this this logo, the, the supposedly new, it looks like I feel like they just changed the color scheme. Yeah. You know? Like they added this, they added the red circles. I think. I feel like it was more blue, and now now it's red. A little red around it, around the edges. I don't know.
0: Looks it doesn't like a, seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> it seems like a like an old inspired by like old Soviet Russia, communist Russia or something. Oh, the red and the gold. So you and think and the they're
1: Russians? <laughs> <laughs> the Vladimir Putin logo.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the idea is still the same. You still got the basket. You got the little mountain top there. Just yeah. the colors are a little <laughs> bit pickaxes. different. No baby blue. Yep, the pickaxe. Yeah, is, yeah, the baby blue's gone. Yeah, there's
1: no, yeah, no more baby blue. Um, yeah, the last time they they didn't have baby blue was back in uh, 2002, 2003 season, I believe. Because so this going is back, not going b- back to their roots a little bit.
0: Oh, they're this is not a baby team. That's why they're not trying to s- affiliate <laughs> themselves with <laughs> they're the not baby blues. No.
1: Yeah, this is this is news. I- when the finals happen, there's nothing else going on but the finals right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Denver so Nuggets just, got a new logo. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so let's just, just get, like the old one. Right. So let's just get right into it and talk about this series that uh, just let's right from the start. Um, I mean, everybody expected the the Cavs to stay, stick in there on the first quarter and the second quarter. And by the third quarter, reality was probably going to come crashing down. And the Warriors were going to do what they do and and. Beat the, beat the Cavaliers and go into the fourth quarter w- with a basically 15-point lead or so. But instead, the Cavaliers hung in there and almost stole this game to the very end. Um, everybody already knows, though, the J.R. Smith blunder that occurred um, no. and forced this game to go into overtime where basically the Cavalier spirit was destroyed at that point. I mean, it almost looked—maybe Tyronn Lue would have yeah, had a I'm better shot putting— putting in the bench in there because LeBron James and everybody else, especially LeBron looked like they just, they had, they, they did, they, they had no belief that they were going to walk out of that overtime with the win. Um, that was their it's unfortunate. Chance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm upset. I told you I'm upset on, and <laughs> I'm not upset because the warriors are winning three zero. And I, I would want the Cavs to really as the underdog to win the series. I'm upset because the Cavs are trying to trick me into thinking they have a chance to win these games. Yeah. I don't, I don't want the, this, like, I don't want my heart getting up. I just, I just want this to end, you know, like it's just, it's all just a big ploy to just to get me to care about these finals. And I don't like it. I don't (laughs) like the fact that the Cavs are sticking in these games in game one and game three, giving me, the hope that they can somehow pull off a win against these guys only to just take it away at the last minute. Uh, it's just, it's playing with my
0: emotions. I just, uh, I just want this, this be over, man. <laughs> I feel you. I felt shitty after that game. I woke up the next morning and just felt disgusted. I felt shitty. Yeah, I just, I felt right? like that, I, that loss felt personal to me and I don't consider myself a Cavalier fan. I love LeBron James. He's a great player. Um, I mean, I'm not a Cavalier loyalist by any means, but still, I mean, I I wouldn't also say I hate the Warriors. I mean, they're definitely the the empire of the NBA, but I just, I felt horrible about the way this loss went. And let's break it down. I I mean, the Cavaliers came out fighting right from the start. Kevin Love hit some big shots. LeBron James with 51 points. 51. 51 points, huge. 8 rebounds, 8 assists. He was everywhere, playing literally every single minute of this game. I mean, the bench was good. Larry Nance had some energy. Uh Jordan Clarkson couldn't hit any shots, Sought. but I mean, that's just the story for him. George Hill though made some great defensive plays. Uh they got three, they got It was almost exactly the same as that game 7 against the Rockets. They got Klay Thompson in foul trouble. Uh they got a technical on Draymond Green. Um and they were in it all the way till the very the very end and if you break that down things could have gone so many different ways uh, starting with that foul call on LeBron James the uh, what well, was first deemed an offensive foul on Durant but was later overturned oh, to a blocking foul just, on LeBron <laughs>
1: I keep trying to forget that play that frustrated me so much cuz I don't think I've ever watched an NBA game where I've seen on the floor them call a foul on someone, then go to review if he was in the restricted area, which is what they set out to review, Mm -hmm. look at it, see that he wasn't, but then also reverse the foul call. It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't think they were even allowed to do that, and that is what frustrated me the most of this game is that the refs just did such questionable calls that totally affected the entire outcome of this game a game that I think that the Cavaliers definitely deserved to win, especially the way LeBron played, especially with the hustle that all the Cavaliers played with. The they were really going to win this game. They were up by like what eleven, thirteen in the second quarter, mm-hmm. um, and they were they they had the upper hand really like for most of this game. And that oh, man, I can't eat, I can't <laughs> go back to that moment anymore. It yeah. was it was too much. I out of all the people I blame for this loss, it's the refs. I do blame the refs. It's not J.R. Smith's fault. It's not George Hill's fault for that free throw, mm. that whole blunder. It's it's the refs' fault because there was plenty of opportunities before that the refs could have made the right call, and then that free throw attempt wouldn't have even mattered.
0: Right, exactly. And it starts there. And the NBA, I mean, if you're a casual NBA fan, you're watching this game and this whole thing just the ref basically decided, almost decided that outcome or at least had a chunk of percentage in deciding how This game was going to end and it's frustrating to uh, loyal NBA fans and it's also must be frustrating for a casual NBA fan to see just how much control the reps can have over the outcome of a basketball game. And I think the NBA has got to overturn this. The fact that there's a rule that allows that. I think it's ridiculous because it could be a slippery slope there if you're allowing yourself to review a play whether or not a player's in the restricted area while at the same time also use that as an opportunity to overturn another call i i mean right that just that doesn't seem right you're gonna be spending a lot of time you're gonna have a lot of frustrated players um and fans eventually if if eventually you you sort of slippery slope that that call or that rule onto other other plays um right
1: it, it, uh, it. i just oh i can't i can't do it man it's like I know I shouldn't be upset because at the end of the day, the Warriors are gonna win the series anyway. But mm-hmm. like, the uh, like to go up 0 against them would have been so cool. Like this series would have been really fun at this at that point if the Cavs were able to just take that game and it wasn't taken away from them. Like this yeah. would have been a cool series. It's yeah, like this this has to be probably one of the, like the lowest rating series so far out of like like the most like out of all the recent NBA finals, like the TV ratings on this must be atrocious because it's just, it's saddening, honestly. Mm -hmm. Just watch it transpire the way it has, you know, like, okay, yeah, sure. All the Bay Area fans are really excited, but like, this isn't good basketball, you know, like this is supposed to be like the two best teams in the NBA and it's just not
0: even a fair fight. No, it's, it's not. But what's carrying it for me, I, I think it's the star power. I mean, you're still seeing Durant, and LeBron James just absolutely go at one another, and some ridiculous shots from Steph Curry in Game Two there. But Game One was definitely the so each game essentially, um, well, LeBron was a star in all three of them, but each game showcased the <laughs> player, and Game One was definitely the LeBron James show with his fifty-one points and mm-hmm. and he made the right basketball play, in my opinion, after that ref call, um, making that to George Hill, who made the, the great cut into the basket and forced Klay Thompson yep. to foul him. And then the game came down to, which was also a risky play on LeBron's side. I mean, he kind of banked on the shot on the chance that George Hill was going to catch that and at the same time that the refs were going to call that foul. And right, luckily they yeah. did. Luckily they made the right call there. He was definitely being held by Klay Thompson. Um, So he's on the line and he makes the first shot. And I would expected him to make both shots. I mean, George Hill has been in the playoffs countless times. Um, he's got, he's been in the Eastern conference finals. He's a solid basketball player. I didn't think he was going to miss that second one, but he did. Yeah. I didn't either. After he made
1: that first one, I'm like, okay, the, the second one's always easier after you see the first one go in, mm-hmm. in
0: my opinion. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then George Hill, obviously he misses it there. Um, And it looks like it's over, but the Cavs still had a chance to save themselves because Kevin Durant just did an awful job of boxing. He didn't box anybody out. He sort of just jumped. He
1: didn't box J.R. Smith out at all, yeah.
0: Yeah, he sort of just jumped, and the ball just kind of slipped, and it fell right into the hands of J.R. Smith. Um, Who knows? The heavens opened up for this opportunity. And (laughs) J.R. Smith, um, everybody knows, basically grabs the ball, looks up, quickly Dribbles it out to the side. Gives a quick pass to LeBron. uh, Or he looks to LeBron. To George Hill. Yeah, and then ends up passing it to George Hill in the corner. The release is way too late, and the game ends tied. Um, And if you watch the video, it looks like J.R. Smith says, I thought we had the lead. Yeah, you know, that's funny. Like, (laughs) because at
1: first he said, Oh, I just figured, like, at first I couldn't shoot over Durant, so I was dribbling it out, and I thought we were going to call timeout. I'm like, why didn't you call timeout? You know? Yeah. And then, like, he went back, and like, he's like, I'm second thought. I don't actually know what I was doing. And then <laughs> it's like, yeah, you thought you were winning. Like, he was just trying to cover up for himself, which, I mean, I, I understand that. But the funny thing is, I actually, in that moment, thought that they were winning also. So oh. I can kind of sympathize with him. I don't know why. It was just I think it was just the circumstances of everything. I don't know.
0: Like I when he got that I was like, "Oh, just dribble it out." Like it was really weird. I think it's just the maybe the assumption that George Hill m- had made both free throws
1: or like that the first free throw put them up one somehow. Yeah, it's just it was a mental lapse on his part, but I I mean, I thought the same thing strangely enough, so I can I don't
0: know why I thought that, but I can see why he thought it. Yeah. <laughs> It's frustrating, but at the same time, I mean Tyron Lewis on the bench, LeBron's there. We, everybody should know that they had one more timeout left. I don't know because honestly, when you look at it, I don't think J.R. Smith just easily puts that ball back in. Uh, I mean Kevin Durant no, was there, yeah, Draymond he, Green he was, was there. there. Yeah, the shot wasn't but, there. Like
1: you have to know that there's not a lot of time left. You got to put that
0: up. But right, yeah, he just didn't know. He didn't know he had to. Yeah. So. I guess there's to me there's a certain percentage of him doing the right thing and that he dribbled it out and didn't attempt the layup cuz I think he probably would have gotten it blocked or he probably wouldn't even have been able to get it off um but two steps dribble out, three steps dribble out and then just call the timeout and it could have came from JR and it also could have came from Tyron Liu or LeBron and or George Hill himself and anybody on the floor and frankly it came from nobody and the clock just winded down on what could have been their incredible win.
1: Yeah, man. That was the worst one. That set the tone for me for this series. I'm like, this is just setting myself up for disappointment. Like, I'm going to want to watch the game and, like, root for the underdog, root for the Cavs, root against the super team. But it's just – I just need to – I just – I don't even know if I want to watch the next game, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but the next game did happen, and, and game two came, um, basically played out the way everybody, we all thought it would have played out. Um, And this game was yep. the Steph Curry show. Not that LeBron didn't have a good game himself. He still did. But Steph Curry yeah. just <laughs> hit some absolutely incredible threes. Um, Kevin Love was just – that man is just getting beat up left and right, whether it's Durant or Curry. um, I, I just – I it's crazy when you're watching this because – it's not like Kevin Love is playing awful defense he plays good defense and then he plays great defense, but it it's just right. not good enough, <laughs> right, I yeah, mean, because they're just too good of shooters, yeah, you get Curry just hitting impossible shots, um, basically just sucking the spirit out of this cavalier team who looked like they had they wanted to get themselves up for it after that blunder, but just didn't have a lot in the tank there i mean i just saw this yeah. team playing with very little spirit right
1: yeah in this game they were they were hanging around but they they never really had a lead in this game at any point um they got it to within single digits a few times it, there was some times where they were within eight or six points even where they could have really made it a good game but mm-hmm. uh, they just squandered a lot of opportunities i think lebron had some really good passes. He he was playing really well, really good team basketball, but the shots just weren't going in for the Cavs. I mean, he, he dished it out to Kevin Love for a wide-open three when they're down eight, and you can get it down to five at that point if you make the three and he misses it. And on the other side, the Warriors get a three, and now it's an 11-point game again. There's, mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of opportunities like that that I saw throughout the second and the third quarter where they could have made it closer, and given themselves a better chance to win it but they just they couldn't p- keep up with the Warriors offense they're never going to be able to and yeah, yeah just yeah it was, it, it's kind of what we'd expected from any of these games uh Warriors Cavs game especially on
0: the Warriors home court yeah you had um, Jeff Green out there playing 20 minutes he was the hero in that Celtics series but that game 20 minutes shooting 2 for 7 0 for 2 from from 3 uh, yeah. Kevin Love though did have himself a good game that first half, yeah, um, and he ended up finishing with a pretty uh, like a pretty good game for himself. 22 he has a points, double double. He yeah, has a twenty ten game, mm-hmm. seven for eighteen from the field. Uh, Tristan Thompson five for eight, five rebounds, yeah, pretty good. Fine. But yeah, George Hill five for twelve. J R Smith two for nine. Jordan Clarkson Smith, one man. for four. J R a- Smith is doing nothing this series so far. Mm-mm. And I mean, Kyle Korver, uh, he basically was a hero in a lot of games throughout the Eastern Conference, throughout their Eastern Conference run. And in this playoff series, he's only hit one three and he hit none in game two. Um, And he only hit actually his one three pointer made came in game one. So game two and game three, he's been a no show. I mean, he's there in a jersey and everything <laughs> and he's running around the court. But.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of minutes though. He's just he's just too old to keep up with these Warriors, man. I mean, the Celtics were young and tough to keep up with, but they were inexperienced. These Warriors are fast and they're veterans, so it's it's just a whole different world. Kyle Corver just can't keep up in that kind of environment. And I mean, that's kind of why you're seeing Larry Nancy even getting some minutes in this in this series too, is because Tristan Thompson, I mean, what well, for as decent as he is playing, like they need the youth and the legs to just keep up with this team. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're grasping for straws. You can just tell, they just don't know like how to beat this team. Even, even when they do
0: have big leads, they just, they falter like so many different turns. I mean, I think the explanation is this is just a good team, but I mean, that's also a lazy explanation, but the Warriors just, they're such a threat from the outside. I mean, in Game 2, Javel McGee, 6-for-6, six six. Um, not missing a single shot. And why would he? Most of these were just oh, wide-open no, layups and yep. dunks because the Cavaliers were so honed in on, their, on the shooters. They kept running the same play where they would fake a switch and, and JaVel McGee would cut to the basket. Both Cavaliers uh, flock over to either Durant or Curry, and it's an open lane for Javel McGee to just dunk or lay it up. Yeah, the, I, I don't know what it is about today's
1: NBA, but I feel like no one really fights through screens anymore.
0: Right, nobody I feel fights like I've, the screens. I've
1: switch. mentioned that. I've mentioned that before, I think. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like uh, we'll, we'll go to Game 3 later, but I saw a play in tonight's game, in Game 3, when they didn't even screen LeBron <laughs> off of Kevin Durant, and he just let... Iguodala just take him off off of Durant so Kevin Love got on him like yeah there was no attempt to stay on him and it's like that's your man like is there no semblance of that anymore in the NBA I don't I, I just don't understand it it's
0: it's ridiculous yo I, and the same thing on the Cavaliers side I mean they so casually allowed Kevin Love to continuously switch onto Curry and or switch on to Durant and mm-hmm. very little fight was made even when they weren't he wasn't picking them up um sort of like five feet from the three point line. Some of them he was right on the three point line a little bit inside and they would still just casually let the let the switch happen. Um I thought that's why Tyron Lu so now let's just get into game three then I thought we see Rodney Hood make an appearance and I thought that was yeah. one of that was gonna be one of the bigger reasons is Jordan Clarkson's a little bit of a smaller guy. Um he was a little bit exposed on the defensive side, especially yeah. with with Sean Livingston that match up there. Um, so I thought Ronnie Hood was going to be sort of that that counter to the to the continuous switching they were forcing them to make. Because Ronnie Hood, six foot eight, he's a long guy. He can play good defense. He's athletic. Um, but still, there was no fight to to fight through that that screen. They would just casually allow Kevin Love to to make that switch. Right. Yeah. I mean, Hood. Yeah, Hood had a good offensive
1: game in his defense. He had 15 points on seven of 11 shooting, and he had two blocks. So. He played pretty well, like much better mm-hmm. than anyone would have expected him to play. But, yeah, there's just – there's nothing the Cavs can do to stop these guys on offense. Like, they they try to make runs, but the Warriors just respond so well. And, I mean, it, it does happen on both sides, though. Like, you'll see it a lot where LeBron's able to get Steph Curry on him pretty easily mm-hmm. on the defensive side, and then he just, like, drives to the basket on Curry. So it's on both sides that this is happening, but I think the Warriors just have a greater advantage just because they have more offensive weapons. And, man, yeah, I mean, let's talk about Kevin Durant. This was Kevin Durant's game. 43 points on 15 of 23 shooting, and some of those shots were just so ridiculous. Yep. Like, especially in the fourth quarter, just the, some super deep threes, some c- t- completely contested shots. Yeah. When they're, he, he probably couldn't, he probably couldn't even see the basket. And he was making them, mm-hmm. and then he he has thirteen rebounds and seven assists to go along with it. He just did a little bit of everything tonight. I mean, I should say a lot of everything tonight. And really, the only reason this team won, I mean, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson had very atrocious games for their standards. Eleven points for Curry, ten for Thompson tonight. Curry was one for 10 from three after getting a finals record nine three pointers in the game prior.
0: Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant just put the team on his back tonight. Yeah. This was an opportunity. I mean, I don't want to say that we have Lear- the Cavaliers didn't seize on it, but this was the Cavaliers watching the film from game two and, and blitzing Curry on almost every mm-hmm. play, uh, forcing the ball out of his hands. Uh, people chasing him around. Uh, making switches and being very adamant about making sure he's not getting to where he wants to be, especially when he does that little play where he hands the ball off, uh, runs to a spot. It's a, sort of like a give and go, except it's a three-pointer. Yeah, I th- with like a screen, yeah. Exactly. So they were taking that away from him. But, I mean, who knew that on the other side you have the probably arguably the second best NBA player in the league, I mean, his numbers don't show it because he's on this team. But if Kevin Durant was (laughs) on the team, if you switch James Harden and Kevin Durant, he he becomes the second best player in the NBA, and his numbers would show that, I think. Uh, But we forget that. And, yeah, he was making some shots look easy. Just dribble, pull up on George Hill, pull up on Kevin Love, uh, Rodney Hood. Really, whoever you threw at him other than LeBron James, who we didn't see much action there between those two. But he was just pulling up on everybody. Yep, that's what he does best, man.
1: His shooting's incredible, and he lives for these moments, man. This is why he came to the Warriors, and he knows it. Like if if he's not gonna make these big time shots when it counts, then there's no reason for him to have come here. But yeah, he's making it happen in the, on the biggest stage, and he can smell that second championship. But. Of course, he expected to get while he was here.
0: It, was, it would be weird if it were any other way, honestly. Yeah, ridiculous. He shot six for nine from three, fifteen for twenty-three from the field. Um, I mean, efficient forty-three points. Uh, or so
1: efficient, so silent, man.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. And he won this game, and he basically cut the hearts of all Cavalier fans or any of us who made the mistake of trying to root against the Warriors. Pulling (laughs) up for that three. Steps away from that three-point line and just sinking it uh, with no hesitation either. Disgusting. Yeah, (laughs) uh,
1: It's disgusting. It's like he's such a great player. Like I should enjoy watching him more, but just because he's on this team, I just don't like it. (laughs) I just want him to be on a different team. I want
0: to enjoy Kevin Durant again. Yeah. I do as well, and This game three, the Cavaliers didn't have a bad game for themselves. They shot 43% as a team. Not bad. 29% from three. Uh, Obviously, you had Ronnie Hood who shot seven for 11. Uh, Larry Nance, two for four, made some big plays. Tristan Thompson, four for eight, making a ridiculous reverse layup. Who knew he had that in his arsenal? (laughs) He didn't even make that free throw, though. Yeah, that's true. Kevin Love, another double-double. LeBron James with his 10th. Career NBA Finals triple double, which crazy. is insane to say that. That's crazy. To accumulate that number.
1: Oh. <laughs> insane. He's not even done yet, man. He's gonna get one in the next game, too. He's gonna get one on Friday. Yeah. He has to. He has to get one on Friday.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean he does yeah,
1: let's uh let's give a shout out to some of the these Warriors reserves that came up big when uh yeah. Thompson and Curry came up short. I mean yeah, outside of Kevin Durant, you had Andre Iguodala back in the lineup, which was pretty big, pretty big-time news for them. He gave them 22 minutes off the bench, and honestly, he didn't look that rusty. I mean, he he was guarding Kevin Love a lot um, mm-hmm. in the in the final minutes of the Game 3 and got a really key strip on him uh, with right. a few minutes left in the game, and that led to a basket on the other side, and he had a wide-open drive to the lane for a dunk uh, as part of that – just, just like a like a stab, you know, stab to them. It wasn't quite the dagger. Kevin Durant caught that one with the dagger three. But yeah, it, yeah he, he came up big for them and he was part of that lineup to end the game and he was huge. And then also you had Sean Livingston putting in some quality minutes again. He's now 13 for 14 shooting on the series. He only missed one shot and it was in game three. And these are not like dunks that he's getting fed like, like Looney and McGee are. It's it's like mid-range jumpers a lot of them are contested and a lot of them are created by himself you know yeah and i honestly think he has one of the most underrated mid-range games in the nba
0: yeah he also has that soft touch um a floater that he pulls out every now and then
1: yeah it's like he he seems like he could really there's something there you know like he could do more for like a team that needed him more like Mm -hmm. this team doesn't really need him but like his his mid-range and floater ability is pr- probably the most underrated in the league and my my friend the other day even said that Sean Liv- he had the audacity to say that Sean Livingston has the best mid-range game in the NBA right now.
0: I mean Look at his teammate Durant. Just pulled off a pretty, pretty amazing it's mid-range pretty, display. Yeah. <laughs> so right, that's yeah. No, I was
1: that. like, I was like, I think that might be stretching it, but he's playing really well. Like in the minutes that he's getting this finals, he's giving exactly what you want to see. Yeah, and I mean for the he, Warriors, he's
0: also a pretty long guy. I think he's six foot, six foot seven yeah, uh, for a point like guard. So he's got length. And yeah, on the defensive end, he's. He's been huge for Golden State on, during this whole run that they've had.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, the the whole Warriors reserves, man, they, they're they doing their part. I mean, they're not taking a ton of shots. They're like an okay amount of shots, probably to- in total the same amount as Durant takes on any given night. But they've mm-hmm. only missed three shots in game one. They only missed four shots in game two and seven shots in game three. And that that's out, not including Nick Young because Nick Young just sucks. <laughs> and we're not gonna include him in the statistics. So any any warrior reserve not named Nick Young is playing really well right now and definitely helping them win these games. So Nick Young made one shot in game one. Not yeah, too bad. He, yeah, one shot <laughs> out of what, like five. And I think yeah, he was like he, zero for five in game two. And they he, didn't even really play him in game three, which was really smart on their on their part. Learning from their past mistakes.
0: Yeah, I mean we all got excited. And one of the storylines was going to be Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson versus Nick Young. <laughs> and, I mean, Larry Nance is getting his minutes, and he's well-deserved for him. But Jordan Clarkson and Nick Young, um, no shows. Nothing. Yeah, Clarkson was a DNP in Game 3. Yeah. I mean, the Cavaliers had a lot of hope for him. But Game 1, 2 for 9. Game 2, let's see, what was he? Looking at 1 for 4. Um, Oof. and no show for game three. Right, kind of seems like yeah, he's just not contributing anything for them. Yeah, and he's had some good shots. He had some wide open looks. Um, it looks like maybe the moment was just too big. I you hate to I hate to say that about a player because I think they're professionals. They've they've been through high school games. They've been through college games, um, AAU games. I'd imagine some of those games were quote unquote high pressure. But at the end of the day, it's just basketball. But Right. I, I really don't know what else to say for some of these guys.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, they, sure, they're they're professionals, and we, we say that, but, like, they're also just humans, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they've never been on this biggest stage before. Some of them don't know how to amp up their game up at another level. And I think that's what separates, like, the true professionals from just – the the role players you know like your your standard everyday role players like you can step your game up another level when you need to Mm -hmm. um as opposed to someone that's just like is the same all the time or like gets nervous in big situations you know it's like the guy it's like the difference between a guy that you trust to like hit the clutch free throws versus a guy that you bench because you don't think he's gonna make them even though he's like a 80 percent free throw shooter normally right um so i don't know i i think Clarkson. He was never ready for this moment. He's just been riding the coattails this whole time. He had a decent regular season when it didn't matter um and then the playoffs he really hasn't done anything and then th- these trade deadline acquisitions as a whole I, I totaled it up for for games one through three just because we had that we had that question i asked you last week where i asked you how many points you think they'd make combined and you said 30 because you're a really nice guy <laughs> i hate i hate to break it to you but so far i think they're a little closer to my guess of 15 um in game one they scored 19 points total In game two, they had 21 total, and they actually stepped it up a little bit in game three. They had 25 total. So that brings their uh, grand average over the last three games to 21.7 points per game. Wow. So there you go. So, I mean, we're both – it's in the (laughs) middle of what we both said. I said 15. You said 30, Um, leaning more towards my side. Maybe they'll come up big in game four. Um we'll see we'll see who ends up winning that that challenge but they would have to They're just not doing anything.
0: They'd have to really kill that average or kill yeah.
1: Yeah, like kill it to like really bring that average. Hood and Hill would have to get like 15 a piece. Nance would have to get like 10 or 12 and Clarkson would have to get like at least 8. I would yeah. think I don't think they're all going to get enough minutes
0: to do that in this game. I mean I just did not see this coming. I thought I was hoping to get that. We would see a lot more from Clarkson. I felt like this was a good series for him and Ronnie hood. Uh, being that I thought the, the Tyron Lou was going to rely on their, their youth and their athleticism to chase, chase Curry and chase these other guys around. um, And just simply for the fact of being out there, they would get uh, putbacks or second chance opportunities or, Wide open threes, which is what Jordan Clarkson did get in games one and two, but just wasn't able to knock them down.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it really does come back to the fact that they were acquired just at the trade deadline. Like, they've had the minimum amount of time to be on this team this season. They, mm. they are never able to really figure out their role on the team. They they tried out a bunch of stuff for the the games that they did have them for. But I don't think they ever really found anything that they were very comfortable with, and you're really seeing that come out in the playoffs. Is like they don't they don't know what their go to lineup is really, and, it, and when it, when they do try to have a closing lineup, it doesn't really involve any of these guys outside of George Hill, just because they don't have another point guard to play there except Jose Calderon, like what thirty billion year old Jose Calderon, yeah. so. Yeah, they, they you see they tried out Hood tonight, and I don't. I just think they don't know know what they're doing out there. They're just like, let's see if this works.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting choice for Tyron Lue to go with Rodney Hood to close out the game. Um, I think it makes sense defensively. I, I could see why. Like I said, Rodney Hood was the more athletic, longer guy. Uh, he opted to take George Hill out of there. Um, George Hill, the shorter guy, and Durant was pulling up on him all day. Uh, mm-hmm. Curry was dribbling around him but I mean, Rodney Hood just kind of seemed like it almost seems like he he's, he's an awkward fit out there to just be a dude that just sits around the three-point line and waits for LeBron to kick that ball <laughs> back out for him. And the same thing yeah. with Jordan Clarkson, it seems like that's just not their game but at the same time, Rodney Hood hasn't been aggressive enough throughout the postseason to kind of establish himself as sort of like the guy who can uh, create his own shot regardless of whether LeBron James sets him up. And we saw a little bit of that in this game. But frankly, I wish we would have started seeing that a lot earlier in the postseason. So by now, he would have had a lot lot better rhythm and confidence. Yeah. I have a feeling that this is kind of unfortunate, but I think Jordan
1: Clarkson is only a good player if he is the number one or two option on a terrible team. Yeah. AKA what he was on the Lakers. Like he he's a guy that just needs to have the ball in his hands and he can he can make a play for himself and he can shoot and he can score and he can get like 18 points a game for like for a team like the Lakers, but on a team where he has to just kind of take a back role and just be a spot-up shooter or a guy that just has to make a play happen in
0: the final seconds of the clock, I don't think he can do that very well. Yeah. And I mean that's n- that's that's not a a new argument, I think, against Jordan Clarkson. I've always suspected that. I, I feel like the LA media, um, just the fact that the Lakers were horrible and were willing to give anybody minutes did I think make Jordan Clarkson look a little bit better than he is. I think he's still a talented player, but I think you're definitely right. When it comes down to it, if you give Jordan Clarkson, I don't know, twenty shots, he'll give you he'll give you a good stat line. And yeah. if and you give him 20 shots wherever he wants, uh run the clock as much as you want off, um he'll <laughs> give you a good stat line. But you give him 20 right, minutes, you know. <laughs> eight shots. Hey, can you you got to make at least more than 50% of these because they're going to either be uh wide open or they're going to be in, in moments where we really need a sh- uh, really need a bucket um yep, and, and he's, he's not camp. there. Yeah,
1: totally. And yeah, he'll he'll make, he'll give you that decent stat line, but you'll still lose the game. I mean,
0: <laughs> that was the story with him on the Lakers for like the last few years. Potentially, yeah. So, what are you what do you put the chances on that the Cavaliers uh, steal Game Four? They'll they'll win Game Four. You think? I think so? they will.
1: Yeah, the Warriors would. It's too costly for the Warriors to beat them in Game Four from an economic standpoint so i'm going with the conspiracy theory the warriors are going to make let this go to five games just so they can sell more ticket money
0: and win it at home
1: yep winning at home it, it's like it's way better to win it at home like why wouldn't you want to do that you know like you get to make millions of dollars on concessions and ticket sales and the whole the, your whole hometown's there to cheer you on it's probably not as fun if you're in the arena it's not only like you and your teammates cheering and everyone else is just like all bummed out you know it's going to be five games.
0: That's true. It's because it's not going to take... We've seen that an overhumanly effort of the Caval- from the Cavaliers' side still results in a loss, as we saw with game one and tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it will take a little bit of a conscious demise from the Warriors' side <laughs> to, lose <laughs> a, think, to lose against I the just Cavaliers.
1: Really, uh, yeah. I just... Like, do you really... Like, the Warriors there's no way they're thinking we have to win game four, you know, they're definitely going to let up a little bit and they'll be like, Oh, we just let up and we'll rest. We'll we'll win in game five. It's fine. It's like this team really has nothing on us and they're right. I, I hate to admit it, but like they can, they can afford to toy with this team as much as they want to, because there's just no chance that they're not going to win the finals.
0: Yeah. I think they, I think the Warriors seal this in game four.
1: Yeah? No. I think man. Steve Kerr and Kevin the ticket Durant ticket
0: money. Think of the ticket money, man. I think Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant want that championship. I can Clay Thompson they get it. They'll get else. it. <laughs> Five. I think they might have an off shooting night again, just won't just kinda counting down the clock until they can jump back on a flight, come to the Bay Area and win it. But I think Durant goes off again and cuts the head off this Cavaliers team and hoist the trophy in cleveland
1: ah oh, dude just think of the ticket money <laughs> <laughs> that's all that
0: matters right now they already won the championship well let's talk a let's talk a little bit about a guy who is home fishing um probably watching this final series probably very bitterly but that's james harden <laughs> who's just named the yeah. mvp <laughs> by the nba pa <laughs> The NBA Players Association. Oh, I, oh, I thought that was so funny.
1: <laughs> it's <was> very bitterly. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I mean, true. he was so close so to, have, right now. to being there. He's so close.
0: Oh, man, it's so sad. Closer <laughs> so than true. anybody has been since 2016, basically. Yep, they're just, yeah, 24 minutes away from winning it. Yeah. But he's the MVP, James Harden, after averaging 30.4 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 8.8 assists, and getting his team to the number one with the number one record in the whole NBA. James Harden is the Players Association's MVP. Any surprise here, Sean, that the players voted for him?
1: uh, No. Yeah, he's going to win MVP. He's going to do it. But I feel like LeBron still deserves it. I don't know. Like, these numbers aren't, like... His numbers last year were better. I, I don't know. Like it's they're going to give it to him because his team won more games than the Cavs won. But just like considering the amount of ridiculous stuff that LeBron had to go through during the regular season with that team and to still get them to the point they are now is Honestly a miracle. Like, I don't see how he's not the most valuable player in the NBA. Like the, the the term's losing its its definition, you know? Like MVP doesn't mean best player anymore, it just means best player on the on the team with the best record.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um if there was like the ultimate MVP that took regular season and postseason into consideration, LeBron would have won it many times over by now.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the league's just trying to, like, spread the love a little bit. It's almost like giving everyone a T-ball a trophy, you know? Like, all the good players in the NBA will eventually win MVP, you yeah. know? It's like, James Harden hasn't won it yet. He deserves it now because maybe he won't be in as good a position next year or something. I don't know. They just – they, they. I don't know. I think they're just trying to be a little too socialist about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, Magic for Johnson and, and Michael Jordan in their times, they seemed like they walked away with it every other year, and rightfully so. I mean, they were the best players in their era for a good chunk of time there, and it seems like why LeBron, how come LeBron James doesn't have that many MVPs like those right. guys?
1: Yeah, totally. And, yeah, the only reason Westbrook won it last year is because he did this stupid, stupid stuff. like <laughs> <laughs> The most ridiculous regular season anyone's ever seen. You know, it's like they had no choice but to give it to him. And he did it again this year. But, yeah, and he still had ridiculous <laughs> stats this year. Like still average a triple-double
0: and he didn't win it this year. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> That's odd. Um so I guess this probably is a sign that he's going to take it. You think at the Yeah, end of that, I think it that, is. That award show. Yeah,
1: it it's going to happen sure he's a good player so whatever it's fine that he gets
0: it yeah another news um was reported Andre Wojnowski reporting that Ron Colangelo and the 76ers met uh yesterday uh no reasons was specified but we can all suspect it was probably over his social media activity <laughs> um No you don't You don't think they're going over their draft prospects for next for for this draft coming up <laughs> Probably not not for an immediate meeting like the way it seems like it was <laughs> reported, uh, but it seems like he might be he might be keeping his job as he's we still there's no word on. There's still no press release being released out there claiming that Brian Colangelo has been let go. um, So he's still a 76er, yeah. but that just got me thinking is the social media and the NBA just doesn't seem to mix very well if you're a player, if you're an owner, a league official, or an executive. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're a fan, (laughs) oh, man, it's the best thing to uh, have ever happened. (laughs) Yeah,
1: dude. It's like we get a soap opera and sports at the
0: same time. Yeah, and we, uh, whether purposely or truly accidentally, we somehow get the real thoughts of players. And we find out that, man... They themselves can be assholes. They themselves can be dumb. (laughs) Um, And they themselves can be overly sensitive. Uh, It really humanizes them. I feel like before, like these
1: guys, like these legendary players were seen as just like huge role models, like just like ruled over anyone that was a fan of the sport. And now, now you just, they just kind of seem really like dorky sometimes, really just juvenile and it really i think that's like really starting to come to light it's <laughs> like the more that social media is a part of the nba's like media reporting
0: yeah yeah and, and some of these things happen accidentally uh some of these things happen purposely or um but how about starting with kevin durant's burners accounts uh we finally we got real thoughts of what kevin durant thought about russell westbrook and his old teammates Uh, (laughs) You would never get that. I mean, back in the day, you would never really get a true statement of what Shaq thought about Kobe back in those days or Uh, or what Scotty really (laughs) thought about Michael Jordan. I would have loved
1: if Twitter existed back in the Kobe and Shaq days, man. That would have been so
0: fun. That would have been the ultimate. Or what Charles <laughs> Barkley would have wanted to say to Michael Charles Jordan Barkley, after some of those. Yes. Losses. <laughs> yes, dude. Oh man. And
1: some of those uh, old school Lakers Celtics rivalries back in the showtime era. Those oh, would have been imagine? fun. Oh, oh yeah. That would have been crazy. Dude, those guys those guys would have said some things, man. That would have just <laughs> it would have made all all these things that we
0: get today with Kevin Durant, Frank Calendri, it would have made them all look just like nothing. Do you think they those guys go with burner accounts or they just go straight up on on their legit accounts? <laughs> That's a good question, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure they'd try to do it the same way that it happens today <laughs> through burner accounts. But yeah. surprisingly, even a nice, seemingly nice, smart guy like Steve Kerr even has his social media blunders, uh, tweeting out at one time saying it's an embarrassment i think the league is so happy with all the scoring that it doesn't want to enforce stuff like this basically referring to a play where james harding clearly travels um, <laughs> step backs and shoots a three <laughs> and he thought he was sending it he claims he thought he was sending this as a direct message probably true but nonetheless he sent it as a public tweet and we all got a little insight into that steve kerr um he doesn't like James Harden very much. And and he doesn't like James Harden. He doesn't like he doesn't like the league officials either. Yeah. Or how about Eric Bledsoe when he tweeted, "I don't want to be here." And later, when he was called out <laughs> about it by the Phoenix front office, he said he was referring to a hair salon, though. A yeah,
1: hair salon. The man doesn't even have hair. Why is he doing <laughs> at a hair salon? Yeah. And a week <laughs> later, he was traded to a different team. Right. Yeah. And arguably because of this tweet. Yeah. Like, just because of all the backlash, like immediately everyone was all fired up about it. And then, like, who knows what happened behind the scenes after that, but it seems like based off the way chronologically things happen is that this tweet really set off the first domino that ended up getting him to be a Milwaukee buck. So you see social media just playing a part in, like, actual NBA, like, moves.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder... uh... That would be interesting if the sources of um, trade rumors and stuff won't happen from anonymous sources anymore, but it'll happen through subtweets and passive-aggressive tweets. Yeah, passive or, tweets, man. <laughs> or passive-aggressive <laughs> likes on Instagram or something. Uh, like this one, Stephen Adams on a post uh, featuring four Thunder players, Stephen Adams, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George. Uh, the picture was posted with a caption saying, Who's more valuable to OKC? And uh, just a rando on Instagram commented, all of them except Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and who got who liked his comment? No other than Stephen Adams himself. Steven Adams himself. <laughs> Why would he do that? Um, maybe,
1: maybe he thought it was just funny. Maybe he just thought it was funny that someone said that. He's like, no, that's not true, but that's pretty funny that he said it. Yeah. He doesn't seem know, like man. a very spiteful dude. Or maybe him
0: and Carmelo don't actually get along. I don't know. It's Who's
1: possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't really know these guys. And that's the interesting thing is about social media is it gives us a different side of them. But Steven Adams went on to say that the reason that like happened was because he has thick fingers. Um, and he <laughs> <accidentally> liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, that's a great excuse, you know. I would use that one all the time if I was him. Yeah. Make a text do it, say something bad in a text to someone like your ex
0: girlfriend or something. <laughs> like, sorry, my th- my fingers are too big, I typed it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also the petty the petty stuff or the nitpicking from our side in the media, like the, the Marcus. Speculation. Cousins. Yeah, the speculation, like DeMarcus Cousin unfollowing the Pelicans and following Julius Randall and Paul George on Instagram or Paul Man, George. So great following julius Randle, yeah julius um,
1: Randle, man he's, he's he's the laker to follow if you're a big time nba free agent in
0: 2018-2019 offseason yeah he's the uh laker spokesperson or a re- yeah. official recruiter even though he himself is gonna be a restricted free agent this summer yeah
1: maybe i yeah, hope that means he stays you know like yeah he, he's gonna be getting a Quite a bit of money, I would guess, uh, based off the way he ended the season with the Lakers. So hopefully, hopefully he can stay with them and maybe attract some guys like Paul George or DeMarcus Cousins to come play alongside him. And maybe this is the first domino, just like with Eric Bledsoe doing that tweet. Maybe with these I- these moves on Instagram, this is the we could say this is the first time we saw these guys actually uh, teaming up.
0: That would be crazy. DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> Julius Randle, Paul George. That's a that's Donzo a solid Paul, team. Kyle Kuzma, that's a team right there, man.
1: Andre Ingram, yeah. Andre Ingram or did Don you Andre say Andre Ingram? Ingram? No, Andre. yeah,
0: Andre Ingram, dude. <laughs> the legend. I still haven't hey. forgotten. Maybe he's on that squad, and we see the we see a Laker Warrior Western Conference Final next year. I hope so, man. Dude, I love Andre Ingram, man.
1: I, <laughs> I just want next season to come already. I want to watch my boys. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well thanks everybody for tuning in. Um we got it all here on the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We cover everything. Perhaps next week we'll be talking about a game six, game seven, oh, maybe. Oh man. Most that, likely. That will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking, my friend. Yeah. Most likely we'll be talking draft uh and free agency, but catch us next week. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.